And sorry, and also just apologies while I think about it. I think I talk too much. I'm very no, consciously okay. trying not to really talk as questions. much anymore. Great. No, don't be silly. I know, talk I just away. <laughs> I was brought up to be, I was just because if there's ever like a pause where people are just breathing because people need to breathe, I always feel like I need to it's jump in and say something. I know, I, know. I know. And it's a really bad habit. I no, need to no. stop doing that. It's to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stone. And I'm Nikki Pope. And we are gathered here today, Lauren, <laughs> to uh, meet two gorgeous people who are super artistic and creative. We have invited along Sam Burnett, who is the owner of Hair and Bone Salon. He launched Hair and Bone in the very end of 2014, I think, and he's got a gorgeous salon right in London, central London, W1 address, and he's also got one in um, Isha. Is it Isha? Yeah, it's Isha. On the, just on the outskirts of London. Uh, Sam has been a hairdresser for a long time. He trained initially with Denise McAdam. He's worked with a very big high street brand. He's done a lot of session styling, um, music, celebrities. But I think in the last few years with the hair and bone label it's very much about um accessible commercial but with a sort of an edge it's quite fresh it's quite um luxe but not old-fashioned luxe no, would be the way hair. I it. yes and he's a brand ambassador for kms so we've seen him on stage a lot so just very engaging he's got a gorgeous dog called reggie so hopefully <laughs> he'll bring reggie with him and along with sam we have jenny hands who i'm super excited to talk to in conversation jenny is an amazing photographer she works a lot with the hairdressing industry with fashion and and other industries too jenny is the uh, photographer behind many many very well-known and award-winning collections with working with the likes of akin kanitsi and sally brooks uh, Darren Ambrose and most recently we've seen her in this month's edition or the summer edition of Tribute with a fantastic collection that she and Sam worked on together which has prompted us to invite them in yeah it's a very long introduction so <laughs> <That's> brilliant though <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they'll be pleased with that <laughs> yeah what are we going to talk about I think we'll talk about photography and fashion <laughs> definitely and, and collaborating because I think yes yeah Fantastic. Brilliant collaboration together. Great. Let's let them in. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> nice to see you. Nice to see you. We, we usually try and get these chats to be in person and literally invite you to the, to the house and sit around the kitchen table, but we're recording this at what we hope is the end of oh, the COVID please. pandemic lockdown. We're all a bit over it now, I think. But yeah, absolutely. We, can, uh, we can see you on screen, so nice to have you with us. <laughs> so how are things? Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Jenny, what have you been up to? You're a photographer. Have you been able to get work done are you enjoying the break has it been busy what's your industry been like because i know hairdressers have been crazy busy even at home uh i think for the type of photography i do it's been very quiet because uh it requires us to be in a situation where there's lots of people and it's very hands-on and it's very close and um um is there... Yeah, so that's obviously been something that can't happen at the moment. However, I think lots of other photographers who are able to, uh, who are more able to capture document mm-hmm. life, have obviously uh, had 
some um, incredible opportunities to see the world as it's never been seen before. Mm. So Amazing. I think in terms of for the photography industry, I think parts have been thriving, but other parts have obviously completely shut down. Yeah. And is there a sort of community feel among photographers? So, you know, I know when we speak to Sam, he's going to share the view with us that you know there's been lots happening shut down or no shut down instagram has been buzzing facebook people chatting to each other and so on does that happen in photography um within my uh within my sphere of photography not so much it's quite a lonely existence this one um because well i mean you have your lovely (laughs) clients and the crews that come along with those people but i make I make pictures on demand. I make something, I create something on purpose for a specific reason. Um, so, um, so I forgot so your much. question. Yeah, no, I was Tell just talking about the community, the sense of community, you know, oh, whether the there sense, is... So the sense of community, I think, um, for me, it's like, I, obviously, I've got my lovely agent, um, and so I get a lot of feedback from that about um, how the industry's looking, but on demand... Um, creations at the moment unless they revolve around still life are yeah, far and few between and the community yeah, spirits yeah. doesn't really exist for me sadly oh and what about you sam is that what's your perception i put words in your mouth just then which i shouldn't have done but no but i, I agree with what you said so it's fine we can, we can roll <laughs> with it um yeah no i, th- I think the hairdressing industry is, is very unique like that and we're, we're very very lucky and actually friends of mine who don't work within hairdressing have been and when I've been talking to them about you know I've been in a whatsapp chat group with about 10 other salons so we're all communicating we're sharing ideas about how we're going to get back to opening you know we're sharing training programs we've written for our own salons with each other um you know and I know that I can reach out to any number of, of people within the industry if I needed some advice or some help so I think you know, I think we are truly, really lucky and blessed to have that. Um, and it really helps because there's days where I'm feeling super positive and I've got, I've got loads of motivation and I'm getting lots done. But then obviously there's days where I think all of us have, have had tougher days where you don't, you know, you can't be bothered. Um, so days like that, I'm either getting out of my bike or, um, you know, getting in, getting in the garden and doing some stuff out there. But it's funny on those days, it just so happens like a friend another salon owner might just call and just say Sam I'm doing this and then it kind of perks you up so yeah I'd I'd agree with that I think we're really lucky to have the network we've got in our industry so and and obviously I mean your amazing collection is in Tribute magazine that's just come out which we're (laughs) shouting about and obviously Jenny was massive part of that as well how do how do you think your next collection is going to look I mean how is it all going to work what is the future of collections after this pandemic it's funny that we were talking about this yesterday, weren't we, Jenny? Because we were just having a catch yeah. up anyway, and we were, yeah. we were having some ideas. <laughs> you know, because obviously shooting has stopped. I mean, I don't know. There's so many different avenues it could take, and um, you know, I think one of the things that Jenny and I share is that you know we really believe in hair that's really wearable and like beautiful and like people can connect to. Yeah. And perhaps there will be. I mean, I feel like my work's always gone in that direction. I try and push it, but I always like it to have a relevance. Um, So perhaps that, or maybe people revisit older work and adapt it and update it. I I think it's hard to tell, but I'm excited to see what what people come up with. Yeah, what they do. So Jenny, look, you've worked with many eminent people, including lots of hairdressers in the likes of Sam, Sally Brooks, I think Darren Ambrose, lots of people, Akin Kinesi. We've seen you do 
lots of different kinds of photography when it comes to hairdressing and then you've worked with brands and so forth. Do you have, is there a Jenny Hans aesthetic? Is there a way of describing your work is always this or are you very fluid, adaptable, whatever the chosen (laughs) word? I guess I would say this is, uh, I mean, this has been a really, it's wonderful that you've asked me that question. It's been a really, really interesting concept my entire career. Um, And I'm kind of an old school photographer. I don't just have one way that I shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason I don't have just one way that I shoot is because I create pictures for other people on purpose. So I have a very broad aesthetic and I'm a real people person. And when you work with hairdressers, um, particularly, almost uniquely, um, it's, it's, they do have a particular way that they touch hair. They do have a particular way they cut hair or colour hair. And their aesthetic seems to be very solid and set. Like Sam's has, a, he has a freedom and a reality to his, to his hair and a wearability to his hair. And if you talk about Ukin, you say he has, uh, he has absolute precision and a gloss, you know, and a gloss finish. Yeah. If you think about Sally, you know, you, you become, I mean, Sally's work is, is, is ethereal and textured uh, in, and, and, and coloured and there's a, there's a romance to all of her work. So do you, have you worked together before this collection? Do you have a long history together or how has it come about, Sam? Um, so Jenny and I have worked together for about four years now, I think, but I've been aware of Jenny's work for a very long time. Like, I've always admired Jenny's work. Like it was always, you know, an ambition of mine to work with Jenny. Um, and it came about that I think you liked a picture that I posted on Facebook. Like Jenny said, I love this colour. And then we started chatting over Facebook Then we met for a coffee and then... I asked Jenny if she would shoot with us for our collection for Hair and Bone. Um, and actually, it's, I don't know, it's funny, like, with my work, I'm always sort of questioning it and trying to improve it and, and, and I'm always sort of trying to evolve it and find where my space is. And I, and I think I've always really connected with Jenny's work. And then when we met, we just, there was a really good connection. I think one of the things that, that that's great about working with Jenny is that she just gives you... She's more than a photographer. She's like investing in what you're doing, like 150%. You're on the mm. phone, back and forth. It's, it's a real collaboration. Um, so I think, and I, and I think the more we work together, the more we understand each other and, 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 we, and uh, kind of the work evolves. So Yeah, yeah we're, able to, we're able to push it. We're able to push it, Sam. Yeah. And uh, because the more we know about, with the, the more trust there is and the more that that creative collaboration just just turns out better and we really enjoy and love the process and love the day and have a really good time doing it yeah it's always fun on set for sure it's always (laughs) fun (laughs) and Sam from when from your point of view as a salon owner and a creative hairdresser what comes what do you have to do first you have to decide what the collection is for like is this gonna bring me you know people into the salon or is this you know, for a, another purpose is this to explore my own artistic 
intentions do you how where does that conversation come in is it the first conversation you have to have or yeah I think um I think that's a really great question and something that people don't always consider um and for me I think the way I approach collections changed when I was setting up hair and bone because before that I'd worked for a big brand and I had the luxury of just creating hair and just doing whatever I wanted on a theme just for the sake of it and then of course once I started um, setting up hair and bone I was very aware that we needed to stamp our identity and tell people who we were and what we we're about and mm-hmm. imagery is such a great way to do that and so at the beginning with hair and bone I was very very consumer focused with the hair um, but because of my technical background in hairdressing, it's always going to have elements of technicality. And I like to show that, but in, in a kind of a subtle way as I can. So like, for example, the collection um, Model Zone, which we you featured in uh, your latest issue, that was very much client-driven, that collection, yeah. um, as opposed to a collection we shot on the same day, actually. We shot both. Um, we shot uh, <laughs> we shot two collections on the same day so we did model zone because the hair was so natural and it was all about bringing out that model's identity that we just worked with their natural hair a lot more and we shot it with natural light didn't we and then we transformed them into these massive disco divas and yeah. hair pieces and all sorts it's like a party oh, it sounds so great <laughs> oh it was are you sure we had such a great soundtrack that day it was amazing yeah it's nice to hear as well that I guess the collaboration gives you so much more to work with. Like, you know, with hair, like what you were saying, Jenny, you know, you kind of go with what the hairdressers think, but it seems like the two of you have got a relationship where you kind of bounce off each other. So it emerged, you don't, you, do you go into the, you know, Sam, do you kind of turn up thinking you've got this idea for hair and then actually, you know, you talk to each other and it's a collaboration and actually ends up being slightly different to how you imagined it. I think the, the the whole thing for me is I only work with people that I trust 150%. Yeah. So, like, the makeup artist I love to work with at the moment is B Sweet. She's a great friend of mine, and I trust her implicitly. Mm-hmm. And she always brings something different to the table. And I know yeah. that Jenny respects her work. The clothes stylist would often maybe look for someone who fits the story a little bit, but there's certain mm-hmm. people that I love to work with. But... I like to give a brief, but I don't have really detailed, nailed down mood boards because I no. think I want people to bring what they're going to deliver and that's why I want to work with them. And then that's when on the day, like that's when the magic happens and you talk about what outfit and talk about the light. And, but there's obviously a plan, but then it's about it kind of unfolding on the day. And that's, that's how I believe you create really yeah. beautiful imagery. If your product, if you like, is your client's hair, do you do your image making your collections to get the right client in or do you use your image making collections to reflect the clients you've got um i think it's probably a combination of the both um because you know the we've been in business over about five and a half years now as hair and bone so in that time each year i start to understand the hair and bone client more and more so i guess the imagery that we put out in the first place will definitely attract a certain person to come and visit my brand and the work that I do outside so like working in fashion working in music Mm -hmm. um, working with brands in ambassador roles that kind of gives you 
um, it kind of sends a message to clients or to potential consumers about who you are and what you're saying about yourself. And I think then once we understand that client, we then try and play into their hands a little bit and encourage them and direct them. So, um, you know, and I think sometimes, and this is where brands can, can probably struggle a bit sometimes as well, is sometimes like where we work in fashion and, and we're connected to what's happening, we get really excited and we want to push an idea or a conversation, as Jenny put it, um, but actually that might not filter through to the high street for another year or so. And sometimes you can almost shoot yourself in the foot by being a little mm. bit too in front and, yeah. you, and it can intimidate people. So it's, about, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. it's definitely about timing is so important. Can I just ask, what, what do you think it's going to be like in 12 months time? Obviously, we've got a bit of a hiatus of shooting and collections and... Do you think people are going to be revisiting all their old stuff? or I mean, it just feels like there's going to be a big gap of, you know, creativity of what people, you mm. know, or, or people going to start using the stuff that they've been doing at home or what do you think? Oh, that's a good question, isn't it? I, I, think, I think people are going to start reworking stuff they've got that they maybe haven't released. And I right. also think that in terms of the hair industry... But maybe, yeah, maybe there'll be a push to more of this, like social media has been growing and growing. Maybe there's going to be an, an element of that. It's more sharing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've all had time. Like I was just saying to Jenny yesterday that having this downtime, I'm so much more energised. I've got new yeah. ideas. I'm excited. I want to get back to work. And I know that when I get back in the salon with the team and I start shooting, that everyone's hungry and there's, there's this energy, I think. So... I mean, I think it's hard to say to predict it, but mm. I'm sure people are, are, are wanting to get out and create yeah. something now. I don't know, what do you think, Jenny? Um, I think it's such a fascinating question and I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> I well, think there's, that... there's only one of you in your camera, so how are you going <laughs> to get around everybody? Well, it's going to be but crazy. It's, it's this, well, this is the thing. It's like never have there been this, you know, these bizarre constraints. Yeah. And all it means is you have to get really creative Mm -hmm. you have to get really creative there's not any other way to go forward and we will and new material and new visual art will be made and it will be new it will be exciting because we have these constraints it's i mean it's going to be newness it's so (laughs) exciting there's a new reality it's not the same as it was so therefore you know therefore it will transform and people's um, priorities will transform. Yeah. And because priorities transform, acceptability and uh, will will transform to be something else. And perhaps where somebody felt previously they needed to look like this or be like that, perhaps they're now free of that because the world has changed and we have to handle everything differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? Some people, like, I was really surprised to see, like, the fighting to get into a sports store and teams <laughs> around the block for certain brands. Yeah. I was really amazed at that. I just, you know, but that some people, that's, it, it, they hold those things, it's really important to them. And actually, yeah. it really builds up a huge part of their identity. But on the other hand... I think it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag. A lot of people really appreciating a little bit more downtime, less pressure to perhaps um, have to be on all the time and trying, seeing people trying to build that into their lives. And I also wonder if in like 
bigger cities with companies that don't that, that have probably realized they can their people can work from home really effectively are they going to start taking smaller office spaces so high streets are going to change yeah. um or moving out of the city even you know yeah exactly so so maybe there'll be less people in town at a certain amount of time so yeah. i do think we have to adapt and um, i've been considering that about you know we've got a prime west you know we're in w1 in our london salon then we have a very different you know it's still part of the same brand but a very different setting in in a suburban commuter belt where maybe people that used to commute in will actually be at home a lot more yeah so do we need to look at our business model and consider perhaps um and consider those things but i don't know i think people are still with hair um hair even in recessions it's like it's an affordable luxury and it's something that's connected to well-being as well and it's something that makes people feel good and it's not just about the hair it's about that connection with the person um and it's about self-care sam exactly it's self-care isn't it and people are invest and and people are self-caring a lot more now yeah like meditating taking walks having breaks and i think that all becomes part of it yeah, so what about, so, you know, Fashion Week? So, Sam, have you had any, you know, what's going to happen in September? Are we going to have Fashion Weeks? I don't know. That's a really good question. I've Because, I, obviously, I usually keep that open, and it's something that I've been considering. Um, do I keep all of that open at the moment? Um, yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, the Premier League has just relaunched. They're, they're, they're hosting football football games without an audience, so perhaps we'll still run the shows, but it will be projected digitally as opposed to yeah. having you know the whole audience there and so that that quite interestingly could change the way things are done quite substantially mm-hmm. for the future couldn't it because there's been a real push towards you know like there's I've got friends that are what I call like futurists and they're always working in digital fashion and, and like this augmented reality and you know big designers are already um, sponsoring like these huge gaming communities for, for, for really expensive or, or kind of really high stake wins. Um, and there's this real movement towards designers creating dresses that are only ever created digitally and people can buy them online and, and things like that. So perhaps there's going to be a move in that direction and, and, and things will become a little bit more online. Yeah. I think it could be. I mean, you know, I would have... I think it's almost a bit of a look back to where it's more of a fashion reveal, you know, the idea of a mm. salon with just a very small audience, whereas I think the shows have become real shows, haven't they? I mean, you know, if you look in the last... Well, then it's less about the audience and more about the designers yeah. again, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But this is also another question, though, where the fashion's actually dead. I mean, it's like the trends and having trends and having trends, but really is it more about having tribes? Yeah. Is it mm. more about having groups i mean you know i'll put it back to sort of high school terms is this actually going to be that it's about that there's there's more of a tribe and you belong to more of a tribe is that where this is really headed yeah mm. i mean that's one of the Sorry, things i've changed subject it's, no no it's <laughs> no 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 it's really interesting it's one of the things i've enjoyed about lockdown i haven't enjoyed an awful lot of it but you know i haven't used my handbag for so long i'm not quite sure where it is and <laughs> you know there are there are clothes in the cupboard I haven't even taken the tags off and actually yeah. it's quite nice to not have to do that and to sort of keep up. But it's, do you think it's because you're not in a huge hurry anymore? That I'm going there's time, to go. There's, <laughs> well, but 
<laughs> but exactly. But it's like you're not in a huge hurry constantly. Yeah. And so you're actually able to appreciate what you've got, mm. what you have, what you own, and go, God, I'd completely forgotten I've got that. Yeah. Oh, I wow. think so. Look I- at this. I think a lot of us have enjoyed that aspect of it is this idea that you don't have to be somewhere, you don't have to be catering or, you know, catching transport to things and so on. So I think that's been one of the nice things. It would be really nice to keep hold of some aspect of that. So Sam, I wrote down when Jenny earlier commented that your her perception of your style is freedom and wearability, which I thought was really interesting because your hairdressing background, you came from a long time. I think, did you start out with Denise McAdam? I did. I started um, at did Denise Did you train McAdam. with her? I trained with her. I was her personal assistant for a few years. Yeah. So obviously Denise's background was, well, she was, had a royal warranted salon in Mayfair. And uh, she was the first woman to own a salon in the West End, actually. Yeah. Um, and But her background before that was she was a session stylist before they were really called session stylists. And her and Sam McKnight did like the Robert Palmer video um, uh, and lo- like they did Live Aid, like huge, huge yeah. sort of events. And she would fly around the world doing covers. So inadvertently, without really realising it, I was being trained in, I guess, traditional classical kind of editorial hair. Um, but I learned a lot about the service side of the industry from Denise as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would work on shoots. I remember being 17 um, and she was busy. So she sent me to go and do a shoot for, I can't remember, it was some newspaper and I had to just turn up and blag it. Yeah. <laughs> she went, just don't say much and uh, just look like you know what you're doing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, these things are, I've always been a bit of an opportunist. Like if I've got an opportunity, I'm going to grab it and I'm going yeah. to really yeah. give it a go. Yeah, yeah. Because then you went and worked with Rush for a long time. When I, I was very young when I worked at Rush and I was there for 14 years actually. So I was still a kid when, when I started with them. Um, and I trained... And, you know, and I had an incredible journey with them because I was when I joined that salon group, they had two salons, three salons. And when I left, they had about 80 something. So yeah, wow. I'd obviously one grown as an individual. So I think I was about 19, 20 when I joined them and did a 14 year career. And it was very much about, you know, and I'm so grateful that I got that education because it was it was all about precision yeah. You know, so and and it's all that whole thing about learning the rules and and then you can break them. But my aesthetic has, I've all, even though I love that, and I'm very much like I like to get, I want to know why I'm doing something, and I want to get it right. And I'm a real perfectionist. So having someone like Andrew Heesman teach you how to cut hair, um, or re-educate you on cutting hair, um, yeah. you know, I was like to the millimeter, and I, and I can work like that, and I and I and I and I have a hold a lot of value and respect for that sort of work. But as I got older, you know, like more of my own personality and you get more confident and you start to kind of have your own ideas. And and actually, that's when we started the uh, session team at Rush because I wanted to work more in fashion and I started doing a little bit more of that stuff. So I kind of set that up within Rush. Um, and that's when I started really falling in love with that kind of that type of hair. And so it's all it's, it's all in there. Like if you look at my work, like even the really loose free stuff has got a technical set or, yeah. you know, mindset to it. So it's all fought out. Um, but yeah, no. And also when I did leave up my own salon, 
I, I was very conscious that I wanted it to be me and not just another rush, if that makes sense, because yeah. it had to be new, had to have its own voice and its own identity. And, um, and it's funny, it's taken a while to really develop that because it's all about who's in the team as well. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, no, it does. So do you see that happening, Jenny? So people, you know, you've worked with some amazing, or you do work with, sorry, not, it sounds like it's past tense. You do work with some amazing, <laughs> um, hairdressing label people names that I hold in massive esteem. And then when somebody moves away from them, do you see they often do that? They all change consciously or it must be quite interesting to observe. I, you... I, I... I, yeah, I would, I would say that I couldn't give you a blanket answer to that because everyone's an individual and I think that, I think that you know, a lot of the people that I work with have, are highly influenced by the person who instructed them. Yes. There's no doubt about it. But then they do, as time goes on, they do go on to use what they've learnt to develop their own style. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. I think hairdressers are creative people and they're always... And actually, I think, you know, like as much as we connect with clients, I think we've all got our own visions and that's always going to come out, isn't it? It's always in there. It's just like, yeah. it's about, it's about, I think the, the, the more you grow in confidence, the more those things start to come through. And I think especially if you do ever step away and start creating your own environment, and I think working on shoots really helps with that because when you're on a photo shoot, you, you work you know, you, you have a brief, you know, you might be working for a certain brand or a certain magazine that's got their own aesthetic or, you know, you've got to consider all of these things. Um, and also you have to have conversations, like, you know, you can't be precious. So, you know, I might be doing something and Jenny might say, oh, I just don't think that's working. Like, you know, like, and so if you just cling on to that one idea, it's yeah. not going to go anywhere. So you've got to always be able to adapt and, and have something else in, in your back pocket almost. And I think, that kind of translates into just growing as a hairdresser, yeah. You made such an interesting point there, though, as well, Sam, that um, you have to be flexible on set, don't you? Because you can have this concept in your mind um, and then you get the model and they don't have the hair, maybe, that you need or, yeah. or somebody's prepped the hair wrong and you can't then turn it into the shape that you need. Yeah. Or... Whatever it is, and obviously when we're on shoots, you know, we need so many people on set because we, we have to achieve so much in one day. So you do have to have other bodies there doing certain things for you. Um, and, and so you do have to be flexible to then try to make, you know, it, especially if you're, you, you've only got this many models, you have to get a shot. You have to. You do have to have that flexibility and you do have to have that breadth of vision where you're able to relook and go, wait, I know, here we go. Let's try this. Yeah, I, do, I agree. I think it's always good to have like, you know, a direction and a solid idea about what you want to achieve and have some kind of backup ideas. But at the same time, I think everyone works quite differently. Like I never like to over-practice a look. And mm. I know some people will practice and practice and practice and practice. I like to get the nuts and bolts of it in my head and know I need to do this, this and this. But it's always got its own little bit of magic on the day. And, and I really love imperfections. So sometimes you might just be playing with it and go, ah, that's it, yeah. that's it, like shoot it, yeah. you know, and then you, yeah. then you refine it. So I think there's always got to be some, some wiggle room for, 
for, yeah. for, for chance or yeah. I yeah. don't know yeah Jenny who's the who's the most notable for like overrunning like because they're just like again 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 are there people who part of their signature style is that they never give up I know I've heard a few stories uh, but <laughs> so, so, um <laughs> name and shame in the yeah in the, oh in my god well listen I, I no can I, I'll I'll say, uh, I'll have to say it in my own words then. Let's think. <laughs> I think we might have talked like... I know, I feel like so that was, we've covered so much. That's brilliant. I know. So I think we will, we will make ourselves stop there. It's super interesting, but we'll never yeah. manage to edit it back down to what we need. <laughs> but thank you so much. Thank yeah, thanks for, for joining us, us, guys. I think it's Thanks really... for having me. Yeah. Oh, lovely thanks, to see guys. you both. And it feels really nice and uplifting to be talking about something creative and to sort of really believe that we are going to be getting back to that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Going back to that, but in a very dynamic way, in a very forward-moving way, I think it feels really hopeful. Yeah, I think everyone's going to be eager to get back and crack on now, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Take You're care. welcome. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thanks so much to Sam and Jenny for joining us for the podcast. That was a fantastic conversation. I feel like we've covered so much ground there. Yeah. Um, if you like what you hear, then please go on to respectyou.me where you'll find our whole host of podcasts with brilliant guests. Um, so, yeah, have a listen. And if you like what you listen to, please rate and review us on um, iTunes because it will push us up the charts. Yes, and let's get hairdressing podcast to be more visible. Yes, so. absolutely join in with your your rates feel free to give us a few stars yeah that's my message and some lovely <laughs> lovely little reviews yes <laughs> thank you very much thanks guys bye bye <laughs>